All right, you in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11? If you're there, say, I'm there. All right, the Bible says this, dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace, then the God of love and peace will be with you. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray as we hear your word that we would grow in our walk with you in our faith and in every area of our life. But speak to us this morning. I bind up any distraction of the enemy. Uh, we take authority over this service and over the hearers. But God, I pray, give us the grace to apply this to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the Apostle Paul closes out his second letter to the Corinthians, he charges them with a few statements. And I want to focus on one of these statements today. And it's the, the, the line, the statement that he says, grow to maturity. Today we're kicking off a brand new series called Grow. And this series will be about personal growth, about personal growth in our lives. This series will be an effort to help you learn how to grow and develop yourself so you can be the be- have the best chance of becoming the person that God has created you to be. Right? We always talk about finding your purpose, making a difference, right? And so how do we do that? Of course, we have next steps where we help you find out what your gift is. We have life groups where we can come together uh, and, and, and help each other live free and, and, and just have accountable. But, but there's some things that we do here at church as a group. This, this um, series and today, this is more about personal growth, What you do on an everyday basis yourself. We got to, how many of y'all know, we got to take responsibility for ourselves. Matter of fact, I'm going to go in on a little soapbox. One of the, we always joke like, I, I hate that people, not I hate, I hate when people, not the people say, you know, this is the problem with the church or this is the problem with our society. I don't want to be that guy, but this is one of the problems with our society. People don't take responsibility for their own actions. Okay, good. So you, you agree with me, right? We have to take responsibility both for when we, when our faults, when we mess up, right? We all mess up. We got to take responsibility. But if we want to grow and develop ourselves as human beings, as disciples of Christ, we have to take responsibility for our own personal growth. So we hope to help you become a more effective and fulfilled individual during this series. Of course, there are different areas in our lives that we need to grow. Where you need to grow right now in your life is as unique as you are. To become a better person you need to grow in, in, in character. If you're, if you're struggling with people, you're struggling with attitudes or, or with your language or just your, your thought process, you have to grow in character. To advance in your career, you need to grow in the skills of your line of work. To be a better spouse, parent, friend, coworker, you need to grow in relationships. Are you all tracking with me? To reach your financial goals, you need to grow in your knowledge about how money works. And of course, to have courageous faith like we just finished our last series and become more like Jesus, you must grow spiritually. So we're going to be talking about spiritual growth, but, but this series is not just about spiritual growth. What, of course, that is the most important thing, which we'll look at in a little while, but it's about growing in every area of your life. As I said that right now, before we go any further, it, did any one of those things trigger you? You said, man, I would, I, would, I would like to grow in the skills in my career. Man, I really need to grow in handling money. Man, I, I really need to grow in my relationship skills. I seem like I, I have a hard time dealing with people everywhere I go. You know, you know those saying that if, if, you know, Kenneth has a problem with Brandon and Kenneth has a problem with Lonnie and Kenneth has a problem with Brian, Kenneth might be the problem, right? 
So, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just picking on Kenneth. I saw him right there. But that's right. Think about that. If you're like, man, I seem to like, I can't get along with anybody. Man, everybody has issues around me. Might be you the one that has the issues. And you might need to grow in your relationship skills, right? You might need to grow in your communication skills. My dad used to tell me all the time, it's not what you say, it's what? How you say it. So sometimes I'm like, I tell my wife that, well, all I said was this. Well, I said this, but it's the way I said this. Did I say this with a raised voice and crinkled eyebrows? Or did I say, hey, sweetie, can you do this? You know? So you might need to grow and develop in your communication skills. And you might, of course, need to grow spiritually. There's other areas. You might need to, to, to grow in, in, in maybe your physical health, maybe emotional health, maybe mental health, whatever the case may be. The specifics of growth change from person to person, but the principles are the same for every person. So today, as we kick off this series, um, I, I want to lay a foundation, so to speak, and I want to talk about the nature of growth. The nature of growth. It's really the principles. What are some foundational principles about growth? In the next few weeks, we're going to get into some more specifics in different areas. God created every organism with the ability to grow, right? We know that. This is basic. But let's just read a, a scripture or two. Genesis 1.11. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. We all know that, right? Plants, trees, weeds grow, right? Of course, it's the same. We know this is true with animals as well. Any animal, bird, or fish is born with the ability to grow to full maturity, right? And finally, us as humans, God designed us to grow physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and of course, spiritually. So just as Jesus is our example for everything else in life, he's our example when it comes to personal growth. Look with me at Luke chapter 2, Verses 39 and 40, it says this, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was with them. Now, not only does verse 39 and 40 say it, but just a few more verses down in verse 52, it says it again. It says this, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. So if Jesus, when he was here on the earth in human form, needed to grow, we all need to grow, right? We know he was 100% God, he was 100% man, he's 100% human. The Bible makes it clear that he grew in, in different areas of his life, wisdom and in stature. That can be physically, that can be character, and with favor with both God and man. So we see that Jesus had to grow in different areas of life, and of course, we need to as well. And we see this, the psalmist prophesy about this in Psalm 92, 12. It says this, but the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, right? He prophesies all of us, especially the godly, should be the ones that are growing strong in every areas of our lives. So this morning, I just want to share three truths with you about growth. Three truths about growth. Number one, everybody has the potential to grow. No matter where you are in this building, no matter how old you are, no matter what season of life you've been, you're in, every single person under the sound of my voice, every person has the potential to grow. You know, I was reading the scripture, and I've read the scripture quite often, and I've quoted the first part of it. But as I was studying last week, it really stuck out at me. Look at 2 Peter 1.3. It says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have all received all of this by coming to know him, 
the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So what is Peter saying? Peter's making it clear that we all have the potential through God's power and promises to live godly lives, to be more like Jesus, and to live free from sin. Do you see that? He's saying, listen, he's given us everything we need to live a godly life, and he lays it out, right? Through his promises, through his power, we have this. All of us, if you're a born-again believer, you have God's power and the potential to live free from sin and, and, and to live a godly life, to be like Jesus. That's the potential we all have. But look at the next few verses. It tells us that we have to make an effort to do so, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But look at verses 5 through 9. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Then he goes on in some areas we can all grow in. Supplement your faith with a general Generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Listen, look at the next verse. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look at this next verse, and this is where it ties in that the first part was potential. But those who fail to develop in this way, are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So look at verse 8 tells us that we need to grow so we can become more useful in our lives. So he starts out by saying God's placed promises and power within us to do all these things. We have the potential to do these things. He said, so you have to make an effort to grow like this, he said. But then he goes on to say, not everybody does. He said, those who fail to develop that way. What does that mean? That means that everybody that lives up to their full potential. Are y'all seeing this? Are y'all tracking with me? Some people fail to develop these things, these areas of life that we need to grow in to truly tap into the person God's created you to be, to have the full potential and the power and the promises to live free from sin. Some people will fall short, will fail to develop this. I encourage you, you have potential inside of you. Whether you're a young person or whether... You're a little bit wiser person. I'm going to say it that way. Everybody has the potential to grow. Wherever you at in life, God's placed that. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. It's in us. We have potential from heaven inside of us. But we have to make an effort to grow in this way. He said make every effort to grow in this way. So it doesn't matter how old you are or what season of life you're in. We need to continue to grow. And let me speak to those that are a little bit further down the road, the wiser people. Of course, we typically grow faster, like physically. We're talking about Kelly and Anthony's baby. You, you know, of course, as a child, a child's going to grow faster physically when, when they're in that, the, 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 the child age, the toddlers and, and preteen. And usually around late teenage years is when we typically, most of us, are done growing. You know, the same is true for us spiritually and in every area of our lives. You were probably like this or you know someone like this. I know I was like this. When you first gave your life to Christ, you were probably excited, right? You were, it, man, it was, everything was brand new. You were excited. You were eager to grow. 
You are eager to, eager to learn. Isn't that right? Or you know somebody like, when people, you, we hear the term, man, that person's on fire, man. They just hungry. They, they want to know everything they can about God and the word. And they at church every time the doors are open and they're serving in every capacity, right? When they brand new Christians, when they're born again, spiritual babies, so to speak, typically that's when we grow the fastest. But you know what? The same is true in every area of life. As time goes on, we lose the drive to grow in some areas. So it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been in the same career or how long you've been married or how old you are, you can still continue to grow. So I'm encouraging the young people in here and and the middle-aged people and the wiser people. All of us need to grow, but I don't want you to check out on me and say, well, man, you know, I'm on the latter end of, of, of my life Man, I, I'm, I'm pretty much done growing. I've accomplished everything I need to do. I've read the Bible back and forth. I want to encourage you, you can still grow. Let me give you an example. A lot of y'all know who John Maxwell is. John Maxwell credits most of what he knows about leadership and whatnot uh, to his father, to his dad. That's now in his 90s. But in one of the books I read, uh, one of John Maxwell's books, he talks about how one, uh, one year for the holidays, his dad came over and he was in his 80s at that time. And he went and he was getting his dad settled in his room. And his dad opened up his briefcase or his, he saw his dad open his briefcase. And his dad had all kind of books on personal growth, like things about his attitude, things about the way that you think and whatnot. And these are, these are both great men of God. And John was like, dad, what, what are you doing with these books? You know, you're 80 something years old. Man, you taught me everything I know about leadership and growth. And he said, son, you can't ever stop growing. In his 80s, he was still reading books on attitude and the right kind of thinking and whatnot, right? So I want to encourage all of us, every single person that is hearing my voice, you have the potential to grow. I have the potential to grow, no matter where you're at. One of the best things you can do in life is make the most of what the Lord has given you. we got to remember that. The Lord has given us uh, this potential and this these things. And you do that by tapping in to the potential God has placed inside of you through personal growth. Listen, guys, we are expected to maximize our potential. Did you know that? Who expects us to maximize our potential? The Lord Jesus himself does. Look at Luke 14, I'm sorry, Luke 12, 48. Jesus himself says, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. You see that? You combine that with 1 Peter and you see that God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Giftings, talents, anointing. That's why we're always encouraging you to go to next steps. Find out how you're wired. Find out what that gifting is. And it's good to find out, to know how you are and the potential you have, but then you have to do something with it. And we want to help you with that, but you have to make a decision. But first, you have to know you have the potential to grow. Look at your neighbor and tell him you have potential. Look at the other person and tell him you have potential. All of us have potential. You know that, I think it's that little trite saying, I've, I've heard it before, like, you know, uh, uh, God's gift to you is your talents. What you do with your talents is your gift back to God. Have you heard that? And that's, that's, in essence, that's basically true, you know. It's not in the Bible. That's just some little catchphrase, you know. It's one of those things, you know, not godliness is, cleanliness is next to godliness. You're not going to find that stuff in the Bible, you know. But, but those are those little sayings, but it's true. God has given us everything we need to be successful, to be productive, to be powerful, to be influential in our society, young people, all of us, to be influential. We have the potential to do great things. Amen? So you have the potential to grow. I have the potential to grow. That's the first truth we need to know. Number two is that you must be intentional to grow. 
You must be intentional. Look at first, I'm sorry, second Peter 1 5 again. He says, in view of all this, look what he says. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Those promises and power we talked about. Then look at verse 8. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So everybody has the potential to grow, but you have to be intentional if you want to grow personal, personally. In view of what? Remember, it's the potential God has given us through his promise and power. So what he's saying is you got to make every single effort to grow. Listen, let me say this. No one ever grows by accident. You're never going to grow wherever you at by accident. The only Physically is the only kind of time God's created our bodies that if we eat and we take care of ourselves, we will grow. But when we're talking about spiritually, relationships, finances, career, communication, whatever the case may be, nobody grows by accident. You don't just wake up one morning and say, man, I'm further along today than I was yesterday. I don't know how that happened. I must have got out on the right side of the bed this morning, right? I got out on the growth side of the bed. That doesn't happen. Personal growth it takes intentionality. You know, many people want to change their life, but if you ask them to start working on improving themselves, they'll shy away from it or even reject the idea. They say, man, I wish my life would change. I have all this hard stuff going on. I wish everything would change. And if you say, hey, well, man, listen, why don't you change? Why don't you grow? Typically, people shy away and they reject that. Like, no, I, everybody else, again, they need to change, not me. But we have to be intentional. If you want your circumstances to change, you have to change. If you want your place in life to grow and get further, you have to grow and improve and move further. James Allen said this in one of his books, people are anxious to improve their circumstances but are unwilling to improve themselves. They therefore remain bound. People are anxious to improve things around them but unwilling to improve themselves so they stay bound, you know. I began to think about this, about being intentional with things. You know, about eight years ago, I started duck hunting. And after the first year of hunting, uh, you know, and even the second year, the first couple of years, uh, I realized that I wanted to be more successful in the field. I realized I wanted to, you know, be able to knock down more birds. So I was intentional uh, to, to do things to increase my chances when I'd go out hunting. I, I, I got some duck calls. I learned how to duck call. My buddy Chris gave me a, a DVD to show me basics to learn how to call. So I learned how to call ducks. And I'm not, I still got to grow tremendously in that area, but it's not only how to call, but when to call them. Um, and then, uh, to get better at shooting. I, I would go start practicing shooting, skeet shooting. Over the years, I've changed the different kind of shells I use, uh, to, to try to find out which one shoot better, pattern better. This year, I even got a different choke for my gun. I've been doing all this thing, learned about concealment when you're in a duck blind. You know, I'm looking at Lonnie here. He's a duck hunter. You know, you got to conceal yourself, the different camo. What I'm, I'm constantly trying to improve to be more successful. Because it's something I really enjoy doing. And as I thought about this, it hit me. I know this is true for me, and I'm pretty sure it's true for you too. We're often intentional about improving in things we want to do, but not in things we need to do. Right? My wife can't fathom how I get up in 32-degree weather with a north 20-mile-an-hour north wind in the rain and want to go purposely sit out there. You are out of your mind, you know? But I'm intentional. You know, hunting season is only a few months. I'm intentional about going. But you know what? Because I want to do that. That's something... But what about the areas I need to grow in? Am I being intentional in those? I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a little insight in my life. What about in your life? It's easy to be intentional to grow in what we want to do. If you're a golfer, if you're a fisherman, if, if you're a professional shopper, you're intentional about getting those sales, right, ladies? And those, those coupons and rebates or whatever, right? You're intentional about that, you know? 
Black Friday's coming around, and I'm telling you, some of y'all are going to be getting up just as early as me when I go hunting to hit those Black Friday lines, probably, I'm sure. Or, you know, you might do it online now. I know it's early and early. But, but isn't that true? We're often intentional about what we want to do, but not what we need to do. So if we need to grow in any area of our life, we need to be intentional about it. You know, I, you know, I'd be saying, Brandon, it's not the right season to work on personal growth. Or I don't have time to do all that. Listen, I, I've saw this somewhere. I think my wife has a little pot. I love the saying, grow where you're planted. Grow where you're planted at right now. It's never going to be the right time. And look, I'm confessing myself, we, it's never going to be, I, I've recently made that excuse, like, man, I'm just too busy. I, I got more responsibilities around the office, and I, you know, and, and I used to have a personal growth plan that I would follow on a regular basis, but then I got too busy. But guess what? I got to grow where I'm at now, busy or not, because the truth is, none of our lives are probably going to slow down. Isn't that true? We got to grow where we're planted. I begin to think about this. Think about it. And, and weeds grow in a little bitty crack of semen. There's semen all around. There's a little bit of dirt and a weed will grow up through that, right? Think about your gutters. If you don't clean your gutters out in your house, what happens? Little bitty oak trees are going to start growing in them, right? Or whatever trees you have around. I mean, you got a gutter of what? A few inches wide with a little bit of dirt and some, and a, and a tree's going to grow up out of there. So if weed's going to grow out of, of, of cracks in the cement and trees in a gutter, they're growing in the most unlikely places. It doesn't matter what your place is in life, what your season, you can grow where are you at in your life? Amen? See, the greatest danger you face this morning as you listen to me is the idea that you will make intentional growth a priority later. Don't fall for that trap. American politician Frank Clark said this, what great accomplishments we'd have in the world if everybody had done what they intended to do. Most people don't act as quickly as they should on things. The longer you wait to do something you should now, the greater the odds that you will never actually do it. So you know what he's saying is that if you wait to do something that you know you should be doing now, the longer you wait, the, the, the percentage of you doing it is going to drop drastically every day that you wait. Amen? We got to make a point to grow now. What area in your life do you need to grow in? Is it spiritually? Is it, is it maybe physically? You know, so I've grown unintentionally physically in, 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 in this area of my life. Some of us, we need, to, we need to be intentional. What area do we need to grow in? Mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, in your career. Maybe you're like, man, I don't have an opportunity to, to move up and work. And that might be true. But maybe what if you grew in your skills and you applied yourself without your supervisor or boss asking you? Maybe if you grew in that skill, you might have more opportunities open up for you at work than you think you have. If, you're, if you take it upon yourself that I'm going to grow in that area. So you're, if you're not already intentionally growing, you need to start today. How do you do that? Well, in whatever area of your life you want to grow in, invest some time in improving that area of your life every day, or at least Monday through Friday. That's, that's one of the things that I used to do, and I'm just getting back on it. But again, my excuse, I'm confessing that I just, I'm, I got too busy. I got too busy to do that. And try to invest some time every day. Like, of course, if you want to grow spiritually, then hear me out. We talk about that often, but I know there's people that's been saved here for many years. Some people might just be coming to church or just getting saved. If you want to grow spiritually, Spend time daily in focused and undistracted prayer. So listen to me. I'm not just saying pray every day. Spend time in focused and undistracted prayer. It's hard to be focused when you're praying in your car, going down Ambassador Cafe at 8 o'clock in the morning, right? It's hard. You, you have to, and even when everything's quiet and you have the right atmosphere, it's still hard to focus, right? Am I right? Because look, I've been praying and been in the most spiritual uh, atmosphere of my life, and I'm thinking like, man, I should have, 
killed more ducks last weekend. You know, I should if I'd have shot a little early, right? Don't you get distracted sometimes? You're like, man, I got this to do today. I got, what are we eating tonight? You know, like the most random thoughts. Am I right? You're laughing because you know it's true, right? The most random thoughts come when you pray. So you, it's already hard to focus when you pray. So get into an environment where you can have focus and undistracted prayer. If you use your phone for worship, put it on airplane mode, right? Put it on do not disturb or get in a room where you're, you're, you're alone or something where you can have focus and undistracted prayer. The next thing, of course, dive in and dig deep into studying the Bible. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying just, just read your Bible. Matter of fact, I was counseling a couple one time, and uh, we went to their house. My wife and I was counseling this couple, and they were having some issues in their life, and I began to counsel them. And one of the things I told them to do is you need to get alone with God every day because they were Christians, been Christians a long time. And I asked them, how often are you spending time with the Lord? Well, not that often. I said, okay, well, you need to start with every morning, open your Bible, and ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you concerning yourself, your spouse, and your marriage. And later I found out she went back to my wife and said, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted counseling. And Brandon came back and just told us to read our Bibles. It's like, well, I didn't say just read your Bible. What I said is, hey, if you go to the Lord with your Bible open and say, Lord, I need to grow in this area of my life. Would you speak to me? Would you show me? You know, God still speaks to us through his word, right? That's why we continue to tell you to do it, because we know it works. Because his word is living, active, and true, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? That, that, that book that was written over 2,000 years ago is actively working today. That's what that scripture means. It's actively working today in our lives. And then I read this this morning. In my daily time, I started reading the book of Psalms again. Psalm 1, 2, and 3 says this. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And then listen to what it says. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit every season. Do you see that? There's a direct correlation to meditating on God's word and spiritual growth. You see that? Are y'all tracking with me? The only way a tree can bear fruit is if it grows fruit, right? So there's a direct correlation. It's not just reading the Bible. It's studying it. It's meditating. Well, that word meditate means when, when like a cow that has multiple stomachs and they swallow and then they bring it back up and they chew it some more and they swallow. I know it's gross, but that's what the word means. It also means meditate also has the meaning of murmur, which means to speak it out. So you're meditating on the word. After I read that this morning, I began to start praying. I was like, Lord, I thank you. In this season of life I'm at, in busyness and some uncertainty and, and whatnot in my life, you know, I'm just like, Lord, I thank you. I can still produce fruit in this season. My leaves don't have to wither. I don't have to dry up and fall off the tree. I can continue to grow and produce fruit. Amen. I begin to speak God's word back to him. That's really the essence of meditation. So don't walk away here and just say, well, Brandon told me to read my Bible again. No, it's more than just that. Amen. You want to grow spiritually, meditate on the word. And Psalm makes it clear there's a direct connection to meditating on God's word and producing fruit or growing. And then pursue intimate fellowship with God through worship. We do that here every time we show up here, but do that on your own. Put on some worship music. If you don't want music, just sing. If you're a good singer or if you're not a good singer, if you're like me, sing unto the Lord. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your heart, right? And then listen to sermons throughout the week and apply what you hear. There's so many so, you know, sermons out there now on the internet and whatnot. Listen to ours. Go back and listen to ours. I suggest you go on our podcast, go uh, on our website and listen to the sermons. If you maybe missed, uh, you know, from, from a series uh, last month or, or whatnot, go back where you want to grow. It goes back. We archive all of our messages from, I don't know how far back we go, but if you say, man, I need to grow in finances, go find something that we preached on in finances and begin to listen to it and apply it. Amen. If you want to grow in relationships, finances, work skills, or any other area of life, read books 
of the, that apply in that subject and apply it to your life, right? Read a book on finances. Read a book on relationships. Read a book on communication. Read a book on marriage or parenting. Don't only read it, but apply it to your life. If you can, if you have the opportunity, go to conferences and seminars, maybe in your line of work, or we, we, we've put on in the past marriage conferences and whatnot. Go to those kind of things in whatever area you want to grow. And you might be saying, Brandon, I can't afford to do any of that. Well, the beauty of the internet is they have unnumerable amount, numerable amount of resources on the internet. If you can't afford to buy a book or to go to a conference, you can read, uh, you can read, but you can listen to podcasts and YouTube videos until your battery dies on your phone and your iPad, right? There's really no excuse nowadays that we can't grow personally. Are y'all tracking with me? There's, there's, there's ample of, 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 of resources online that you can grow. But you have to make it a point to do so. The third and final thing we have to realize so we don't get discouraged is that growth is a process. Remember that. Growth is a process. Second Peter 3.18 says this. But continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Growth is a continuous process. There are no shortcuts. Amen? The fact about any process is that you don't see immediate results, Right? Going back that, you know, I mean, I'm in shape. Brown is still a shape, right? I, when you, what, some of y'all caught that right away. You, when you begin to exercise, if you want to get in better physical shape, when you go to the gym one time or even one week, do you ever see results? Maybe after a week, you might see a little bit, but one day, do you ever see it after one day? No, you never, you never see physical results from exercise and eating right, right away. But if you continue to work the process, you eventually start seeing results. And for me, when I have been on a track of physical exercise, when I start seeing results, it motivates me even more. You see, let me say this to you. You can't wait to be motivated to start feeling, to, to do something. You got to start doing it. Then you're going to start feeling good. Then you'll be motivated to continue to do it. That's part of the process. I know for me, that's how it always is. When I see growth in any area of my life, I'm like, man, I see progress and it fuels you to continue to go. But you have to realize out the gate, it's a process. John Rose said this, you cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight, right? You can't expect to grow overnight, but if you make a decision to head in the direction of growth, growth will come. And you got to remember in every process, you must submit to the process. It's a process. You must submit to it. It's not going to happen. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and have grown and, and, and matured or improved in leaps and bounds. You have to submit that sometimes it's a long, it could be even a grueling process, right? So how do you do that? I just want to give you a couple of things, and then we'll close. You must discipline yourself. Like any, any kind of growth, any kind of improvement in your life, be it spiritual, physical, you have to discipline yourself. First Timothy 4, 7, speaking of, of spiritual growth, he says this, but have nothing to do with irreverent folklore and city myth, silly myths. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. He talks about that. He, he talks about that physical training is good, but, but you know what? Spiritual training is even better. He said you have to discipline yourself to, to do so. It takes discipline to get up every morning and have a devotion to the Lord. It takes discipline to read books on top of that, listen to podcasts, apply these things to our lives, but we must do it. It takes discipline to stick with the process, right? Again, just like if you're trying to eat better, exercise, it takes discipline, right? Especially in South Louisiana, how hard is it to discipline yourself to eat right? Can I get a witness or can I just get some like, thank you, some compassion, please? Help me, Jesus. 
And I noticed this too, going back to my passion, my hobby of duck hunting. It's the, it takes me so much to try to get up early in the morning and to go to the gym. But you know what? If I get up early, even earlier than that, to go hunting or fishing, I'll pop out of bed. You notice, isn't that crazy? Like, oh, man, I don't feel like going to the gym today. Man, I'm tired. I'm this and that. You know, I set, you know, on your iPhone, you have the, the, the ringtone that's a duck that quacks, you know. That's, I set that, that tone aside only for the mornings I'm going duck hunting. So when I hear that duck quacking, I know what I'm doing that morning. And so it motivates me. I'm like, oh, we're going hunting this morning, and I'll get up and go. But you know what? If I'm just like, I'll put me a little, if, it's t- if I try to get up early and go to the gym, I even put like emojis like of the guy flexing and running and stuff, and I'm like, go get him. And I'm trying to motivate, but if I see myself, I'm like, man, I'm going to go to the gym this afternoon. You know, it's like, it's amazing. It, y'all laughing because you know it's true. That's right. It takes discipline, guys, right? So whether it's going to the gym, spiritual, emotional, relational, it takes discipline. And God will help you, but the Bible actually says here, you have to discipline yourself. The Lord will help you. He helps us with everything. But the scripture says you must discipline yourself to do so. It takes discipline. So ask the Lord to help you out. And the next one coincides with it. Then you have to develop good habits. Develop good habits. I looked up the word habit. I had an old definition. I looked up a new one. It says, an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. Something that you do to where you, you're not even hardly thinking about it anymore. You just do it, right? When I get up, I am on like autopilot to the, the, to the coffee pot and to get my Bible. It's just, I've been in such a routine to do that every single morning. That's my routine. That's what I do. You know, it's been said that it takes 21 days to develop a habit. So in essence, it takes a 21-day process to develop a habit, right? Now, this is interesting. Look at this. You remember earlier we talked about Jesus? Look at Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. It says, Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and, as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. We read early in, in verse 52 where it says that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and, and all people. There's no doubt that one of the reasons Jesus grew in all these areas is because he had a habit of prayer. Are y'all following me? Jesus grew. He's our example. He disciplined himself, and he had, a, he had probably many habits, but one of his greatest habits was to go slip off and go have times of prayer, and he grew in all these areas of our life. In closing, I want to quote John Maxwell. He says this, if you want to reach your full potential and become the person God created you to be, you must do much more than just experience life and hope that you learn what you need along the way. You must go out of your way to seize growth opportunities if your future and destiny, as if your future and destiny depended on it. You know why? Because it does. Your future and even the things God destined you for. I love preaching on destiny. That's one of my favorite things I get fired up about. God has a destiny for you, but you know what? You have a part to play in it. You have to maximize every growth opportunity to be able to get to that destiny God has given you. Again, he's given us the power and the promises and everything we need to do it, but we have to make an effort. God doesn't force us to do anything. Growth doesn't just happen to any of us. You must go after it. Amen? Please stand with me. So I want to encourage you. Why don't you close your eyes with me today? I want to encourage you to make a decision that you're going to grow today. In whatever area of your life, I, I've mentioned some of the big ones, but you might have an area that you've thought about today. It's like, man, I, I need to grow in this area. Maybe spiritually, maybe in your marriage, maybe in communication, maybe in your work, maybe in, in your finances, might be in your, own, your, per, your physical health, maybe your emotional health. Maybe you need to go, go to some counseling or, or get involved in a life group and get some help, but you have some emotional instability you need to grow in. You know, whatever the case may be, make a decision. Know that you have the potential to grow. 
Know that you have to be intentional to grow. And just remember that growth is a process. Don't get discouraged if you don't see results right away. It's a process. Now, just as a baby grows up, as soon as he's born, I know a baby grows as soon as he's conceived. When a baby is born, he starts growing on the earth, outside of the womb. You can't grow spiritually until you're born again. We're talking about growth, and I use the example as a new Christian. We usually grow quickly, and we're excited. Maybe you're in here today, and I mentioned it earlier right after worship, that maybe you say, you know what, Brandon, I want to grow spiritually, but I don't even know if I know God. I don't know where to start to grow spiritually. Well, Jesus tells us where to start. John 3, 3, Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed and renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. So whatever head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, I, I, I want to grow spiritually, but I don't even know if I'll begin. I don't know where to start. I don't even know if I'm right with God. He said, you won't be able to see or experience the kingdom of God. If today was your last day on the earth, would you experience God's kingdom? Would you experience heaven? Would you go and meet Jesus? If you can't answer yes right away, if you say, Brandon, I'm not sure, but I need to get right with the Lord. I want to begin to grow spiritually today. I need to start by giving my life to Christ. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand. Say, Brandon, I need you to pray with me. I need to, I need to get right with the Lord. I see your hand. Anybody else? See your hand over here. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Take a minute. Say, Brandon, I want you to pray for me. All right. Anybody else? Okay, let's pray for these that have lifted their hands. I see your hand over here, ma'am. Let's pray together. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So I want you to pray this simple prayer in faith. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me, Lord. Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. But I ask that you would save me today. I want to start to grow in my relationship with you. Give me the grace and give me the strength that I need to be the person that you've created and called me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, and we give these a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, listen, if you lifted your hand and you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you just rededicated your life, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. It just takes a few seconds. Bring it to the info center. We got a gift for you. For the rest of us, hey, let's make it a point to grow in every area of our life. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be down here. If not, God bless you. Have a wonderful day.